This week on the Music Box Podcast, Jimmy and I discuss our opinion of the best frontman or woman in music. Stick around. It might get interesting. Hey everybody, welcome to the Music Box. I'm Jimmy here with my brother Wade. What's going on everybody? This week, the GOATs, the front people in music that uh, have kind of defined front people for us, I think. Uh, Absolutely. You know, there's so, it's a crazy list of names when you think about it. And like, even as we're sitting here talking, names are popping into my head. But let's get into a little bit of other stuff before we dive into the topic. Just a little bit. Um, So we encourage people all the time to follow us on Twitter to hit us up, message us, let us know that you're listening to the podcast, you enjoy the podcast. And uh, <clears throat> so we had a, uh, a message from our Jimmy's longtime, lifetime friend, um, Shay Spencer. Actually lives in Oregon now, I think, right? Coos Bay, Oregon. Coos Bay, Oregon. Um, Grady. I've called him since like 1986. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time, man. Yeah. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, uh, I will let you know. I seen that there was a like a, a what we would call here in the Midwest a squall line of tornado threats in Oregon today, which like, never happens. Wow! So uh, anyway, hope you're safe, Shay. We got your message. Uh, we responded to you. We're gonna shout this out because it's actually a pretty cool point. Um, you asked us the correlation between um, Liz. Vice. Liz Vice and... Doug Pinnock from King's X. And Doug Pinnock from King's X. And you gave us a, a nice little hint, and it was Sister... Rosetta Tharp. Sister Rosetta Tharp. So, Jimmy and I did our due diligence, and we done a little digging. We did. And uh, Jimmy, being the King's X fan that he is, um, which, uh, by the way, he sent me a song that I had not heard of King's X this week, <laughs> and it almost melted my face off. Oh, it was. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, oh, from 1993 or something like that. It was just, yep. it was somewhere in that ballpark. Awesome. I listened to that album two or three times this week, I think. He, 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 I got a text and it said, listen to this, but don't do it until you can turn it up. Until you can turn it up really loud. What was that song, Jimmy? You remember? Dog Man. Dog Man. Oh my yep. gosh. I loved every second of it. So, yeah. Dog Man he, by King's X, 1993. That's serious, serious. Funk metal, right? Yeah, here. dude, it was super so, fat grooves and so oh, so, heavy. so heavy, so good. But uh, I believe Shay, um, we're gonna shout you out here. But uh, Jimmy found the correlation. So Jimmy, give us give he, us a little history, bro. He asked the correlation between the reference to uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp on the Gretchen Ghost of Nebraska album, and I had to do a little homework. I was not up on Sister Rosetta Tharp. I did see her get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I guess a couple of years ago, yes. uh, posthumously, but uh, she had a song uh, in 1948 called Up Above My Head, I Hear Music in the Air. And on the Gretchen Ghost of Nebraska album from King's X, which was on my Desert Island albums list, yes, there is a song called Over My Head. And it says, over my head, I hear music in the air. Over my head, I hear music. Over my head, it's loud and clear. It's going to my head. So there's the correlation 
of Gretchen Goes to Nebraska, the reference on Gretchen Goes to Nebraska to Sister Rosetta Tharp. Amazing. Amazing um, album. So, Amazing musician. Before we started recording tonight, we, we started digging a little bit just to hear some of this music. And uh, it's amazing the things that were happening in the country in music, definitely in, in gospel music back then, yeah. where the things that she was doing, playing solos, like uh, uh, it, it said, uh, we found out that she was one of the first people or first people ever to use distortion on her electric guitar. Yeah. Which. And she was recording gospel music, keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And she was also a, a child prodigy, one of the very first African American people to be considered a prodigy. And at her time, I don't know that there were many, if any, other African American females playing guitar. And not only was she playing guitar, she was considered a prodigy. Oh, she, they weren't playing it like that. No. They were no, not, at not all. playing it like that. And this uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp, heavy influence on Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, that British blues that came along in the 60s, that turned into modern rock and roll. Yep. Uh, that's all Sister Rosetta Tharp, if you're so, not familiar with her work. It's very interesting to me because I am um, uh, younger. Uh, I didn't grow up in the 80s. I grew up mainly in the 90s, but... Uh, Poor kid. So I'm oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so my, I mean, like early, early influences, you know, in the, in, in country you have, um, oh my gosh, it just slipped my mind. Um, anyway, you have these, these 40s and 50s artists. Right. And so like Elvis being in the 50s. Yeah. Like that's as far back as my mind Kind goes. of goes, yeah. But who influences those people? Right. And when this stuff started coming on the radio, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I thought this person brought that to to the masses. Right. And I thought, you know, I thought Elvis brought this to the masses. But right. no, there had to be somebody to influence it. Yep. And it's you funny know? because like when we did the Mount Rushmore female vocalists, I kind of got into that rabbit hole where it was like, you know, the first name that pops into your head is Aretha. But then you're like, well, who influenced Aretha? Yeah. You know what I mean? And you went back like, to... I went back to Ella. Yeah, Ella Fitzgerald. And you know what I mean? And so you just like... Uh, it's, a, it's a thing that these lists, these list kind of podcasts bring up in your head is like, well, what caused... You know, who influenced this person who has influenced so many people since? Yeah. And, and, and I would encourage anybody that listens that is an artist... Of any kind, an artist of any kind. If somebody inspires you and it actually brings out a rare, true art form, not a replica, not yeah. trying to sound like anything else, yeah. not anything, but if, if something stirs in you your gift, do your gift. Right. Do it. Exactly. Like yeah. go make music and make music in a garage or whatever, or like. And in the beginning, you need to suck at it for a while. Like, just go in and just try to make something. And you just never know what's going to happen. You just go in and be yourself. You know, so we, that's a that's an encouraging note here on the podcast this week. Um, interesting direction, man. Shay, yeah. thank you so much for the Thanks comment, Thanks so man. much. We love the input. And, and the challenge, really, to just kind of dig into something that I honestly had never dug into before. 
that's a cool correlation between King's X and and uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp from the 30s, man. From yeah. the 30s. The 30s. <laughs> she was born in 1913 or something oh, like that. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I mean, Before she... you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're moving yeah, on. Anyway. we got to keep this PG. <clears throat> <clears throat> So, <laughs> that's amazing. We're both trying to segue. <laughs> I might have to edit that. I might not. But nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't edit that. Oh, that's awesome. Go front ahead. people. Front people. So, yeah, front man is like the generic term for that, but we're trying to be as uh, PC inclusive as possible in our uh, jargon around here at the Music Box Pod. Um. <laughs> So, so like these lists, you know, it's like torture a little bit because <clears throat> when we pick a topic like this, there's immediately names that pop into your head. Sure. So let's do that. What's the immediate names? I'm going to tell you the first name that popped into my head when we talked about front people. And let me give you a little story, a little background about why this name popped into my head. Um, this name popped into my head. This is a band that I am... You know, familiar with on a lot of levels. This band has been being played on the radio my entire life. I have heard songs from this band on the radio since as long as there that I've been listening to the radio. Uh, and and so throughout my youth, I was like, well, you know, this band is like the huge band. They're just one of the biggest bands in the history of rock and roll. And I thought, I don't really get it. I mean, I, I their music's fine. I kind of like it. Uh, but I don't, you know, it was like, it just never connected with me. And then one time, it was probably in the early 90s, I saw a documentary about this band. And in this documentary, I saw their first television performance. And it was on a show that I believe was called Hullabaloo which was like a live music show, probably in Great Britain. Uh, but they were playing live. It was actual live playing. And they were in a room. They were on a floor. They were on the floor of this room, and there were people around them in a circle. And there were like kind of some bleachers around. But most of the people were just standing around them. And I saw this guy, and he was probably 17, 18, 19 years old at the time. And I thought... Oh my goodness, I've never seen anything like that before. He had every person in that room eating out of the palm of his hand. So, just by your description, just the last sentence you just said. He had every person in the room eating out of the palm of his hand. Yeah. Can I guess? Guess. Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Okay. So, that's that's like the... He's the, the pinnacle best. of the category. Yeah. It um, has to be. He's the... He's the sister Rosetta Tharp of the category, as far as I know. Yeah. Like, the charisma that he had, and just the way that this awkward, uh, but arrogant, I don't know what it is. Like, the thing that makes a front person great, that is a hard thing to define. But when you see it, you go, yep, there it is. And when I saw that, that tiny clip and the clip that I watched was, I know was 15 seconds or less. 
but and it and he wasn't Mick Jagger then. Do you know what I mean? Right. He was a kid, and you go, well, that's how you become one of the greatest bands in the history of rock and roll. Okay. Well, let's segue right into this because there are a lot of other names, and and let's let's go from the eighties, the nineties, and the two thousands that have modeled being a frontman from Mick Jagger. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, and one that's going to pop into everybody's head right now because he is super famous, uber famous, is Dave Grohl. Yeah. Okay. I don't think, honestly, when it comes to being, and this is splitting hairs, an original frontman. Yeah. All right. Dave Grohl came in the in the mid nineties. People have been doing it for 30, 40, 50 years by then. Right. Right? Right. So Dave Grohl doesn't make my list, which is amazing. Yeah. Right? Because he is just a product of of what he's seen Mick do and what he's seen Bowie do. Right. And what he's seen Robert Plant do. Yeah. And 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 those when when you're talking the '60s, '70s, and '80s, really gave us the idea of how does a frontman work, right? And how does that frontman bring people into the seats, right? Particularly, and everybody after that is just trying to replicate. And I right. forgot to say Springsteen. Right. I know we're going to get into these names, right? But those are the ones, man. Yeah, particularly in the arena rock area of expertise. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of. I mean, that's kind of my wheelhouse. That's yeah. kind of the music that I'm drawn to. And it's the music, it's definitely the music that I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so and so a lot of the names on my list come from that, from that thing. But I also think that part of the reason for that, a part of the reason for the names on my list is that, is that those people are live event focused performers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been a lot of great singers through the history. Sure, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But just because you're a great singer does not mean you're a great frontman I mean, for a rock band. I mean, look at Sinatra. Look at Buble. Yeah. Look at um, Mariah Carey. Look yeah. at Christina Aguilera. Like, they're not great performers. The, the performance aspect is just to draw people. Like, you're there for their voice. Right. And I get that. Like, if I go and see Buble or if I was privileged enough to see Sinatra, I mean, that's a completely different era of music. Right. That crooner I time. Think you, I think you might be underselling Sinatra a little bit. Yeah, a little. <laughs> I, I think Sinatra might be Jagger's influence to some degree. Just the confidence that he had, the... Uh, the willingness to engage an audience as as the person who's leading the circus. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to do. It's not a uh, it's not a responsibility that uh, a lot of people are willing to take on. And beyond that, it's not a responsibility that a lot of people are good at taking on. There are a lot of people that are great singers, but being the ringleader of this circus is a whole different job. How do you control... I seen an interview with James Hatfield from Metallica just the other day. And he was talking about in 1991, okay? We're talking 
eight years after Metallica formed. Metallica has been a band for as long as I've been alive. Yeah. Okay. So, but in 1991, Metallica played in Russia to half a million people. Yep, I remember that show. Uh, oh, on an Air that? Force base or yep. something like that. Um, um, you had um, that was Guns a big deal. Guns and Roses yeah. were there. I think Bon Jovi. Uh, played bon Jovi that. was there. A lot there. of big, like Scorpions. A lot of big arena rock bands played that. Half a deal. million people. How? I mean, I've done some things in my life where I tried to get 25 people engaged in what I was talking about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right? Right. And I, this is half a million people. How do, right. how do you do it? Right. You know what I mean? And the only way to do it is to look back at the people that have done it. Yeah. Right? Or invent a new way to do it. Yeah. So nowadays we have... Um, artists that are playing 25,000 seat arenas every night. Yeah. Okay. Based upon their, their, their track list of, right. Of, of, of history of music that brings yeah. those people in. But if, if we go into the modern area, people like Post Malone, man, that guy's, yeah. that guy's playing 30,000 seat festivals and things like that. Right. And, and he, he can do it. Right. I'm not a huge fan of Post Malone, but that guy has them in the palm of his hand. Yeah. And he, see, that's he, a, it's a thing that some people have. Yeah. But it's a it's a much rarer thing than a great voice or great talent. Do you know what I mean? As far as musicianship or vocal <laughs> ability or, or any of that. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. much rarer uh, sort of skill set or whatever it is. You know. I'll have to edit this. It's a, <laughs> Hey, Wade coughs sometimes. I don't know if any of you people at home listening uh, would know would know a thing like that. But it turns out that Wade occasionally chokes on his water and uh, oh my gosh. or his own spit and has to cough because of that. But oh, the front person thing isn't an easily definable like like if somebody's pretending to be a great front person, you can see it. You can you can tell immediately. You can feel it. And I think the thing about a guy like, like a guy like Dave Grohl, and I've seen I've seen I've been fortunate to see Foo Fighters twice. Mm-hmm. This is a guy whose background is a drummer, mm-hmm. right? That's about as far from a front person as you can be and still be in the band, except uh, for the bass player. Yeah, except for the bass player who doesn't <laughs> count at all. But but uh, I've seen him twice, and every time I felt like he was engaged in the moment and with the audience. Do you know what I mean? Well, and and that's a thing that a lot of people when you're on date 127 of the tour and you're still up there and it still seems that you're having fun, you st- it still looks like you enjoy playing Everlong for the 4000th time. Gosh. And you're still it still looks like you're having a good time at that point. That's a skill. I mean, that is a skill that and, a lot of people don't have. And and let me tell you I'm not trying to knock Dave Grohl by not putting him on my list, but I mean, he definitely is fantastic. But he yeah. was influenced by Jagger. Absolutely, he was influenced no, by Zeppelin. There's no question. No question. I've heard it, and let's give props to Dave Grohl. The first time, excuse me, my goodness, this the first time that Jimmy and I saw Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl was on the Broken Leg tour. Yeah, and that guy led us. 
on a journey yep. for two and a half hours. In a mechanical chair. On a chair. Yeah. With a broken leg. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling... A so- big arena rock show, and a guy literally could not stand up. Yep. Could not. Yep. Not chose not to, but simply couldn't. And, and you never noticed. Killed it. Killed it. Absolutely killed it. And so uh, we give Dave Grohl props. I hate For not sure. putting him on my list, but give us a name, Wade. We're twenty <laughs> minutes in. You haven't given us a name. Uh, I will give you a name, and <laughs> I think he is very close behind Mr. Mick Jagger, and that is Freddie Mercury. Yep. Um, I have never seen. I haven't watched much of the Stones. Okay. Yeah. I haven't watched much of that, but I have watched a lot of Queen. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's seen those videos where. Freddie does these Dale, yeah. these these things where he begins to get a hundred thousand people to repeat after him or yeah. engage in him. But honestly, Freddie Mercury is one of the best frontmen of all time. All all time, time. yeah, all time for sure. Never will you replicate something that was truly authentic as that. Yeah, I have. You know what a- I'm saying? It was the character. It was. His confidence. Yeah. It was his mission. It was his passion. Well, it was his persona. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he was being that fake, honestly. Yeah. But the he really did kind of put on a whole persona. You know what I mean? Yeah. That the outfits he wore and that. It wasn't like necessarily Elton John-esque. Where there weren't like, you know, big flashy hats and sunglasses. But he did have this sort of, I mean, really, he was sort of the ringleader of the circus. You know, he really put that on. I have a live recording in my iTunes of uh, of Under Pressure. And it's just a great, obviously, I love that song. Um, and it's a great, and it's fully, it's a live recording of it. But at the end of the live recording, you know how they've got a little piece at the end before it goes into the next song? Sure. He says, uh, he says, get out your little dirty address books and write this down. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like this little thing that he pulled out of the top of his head to get 100,000 people engaged in what was about to happen. Yeah, it got their attention immediately. Immediately, <clears throat> yeah. And I, what was his influence? I don't know. Was it I Jagger? Mean, I mean, it had to be... You know, was it Zeppelin? Uh, I mean... Well, and some of it's just... I, f- I feel like a really good amount of what causes that is born into you. You know what I mean? Your ability to feel a situation and, and relate to people. it. And lead people. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's. Uh, I'm going to throw another name out here because there was way... Uh, like a like a pioneer in the movement of yeah. like stardom, right? Uh, is Elvis Presley for sure? Okay, I mean Elvis led his band, but I'm telling you, he was the star. No, and he's... he had everybody right there with him. Yeah, through the entire thing. So Elvis has to be one of the best front men that's ever ever been on the. He planet. was as big a star <clears throat> as there's ever been. And he was as good on the on a stage as anybody has ever been. Probably the best ever. I don't know. But arguably the best ever. And here, you know, Elvis, unlike maybe maybe Mick, like Elvis was a great singer. Yeah. You know I mean, 
he had he wasn't necessarily a freak show singer. No, it wasn't flashy back then. But there's a warmth. There's yeah. a tone. Yeah, melodically, it, and it's yeah. it's pretty sexy. Yeah, it's really, you know, what I mean, I don't think Elvis was a great musician, especially no. the end of Elvis's career. Any of those later recordings, he's mailing that in, mm-hmm. like, but live, even you know, obviously, young Elvis was the absolute. I mean, he changed the culture. Sure. Young Elvis with his yeah, hips, absolutely. And just a just a beautiful man. I'm secure enough in my manhood to say that. Just as beautiful a human being as there's ever been. Well, I mean, Forrest Gump taught him how to dance. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's not to be forgotten. <laughs> Sorry, but, <laughs> I throw that in here, man. Wade to, loves Forrest Gump. I love Forrest Gump. By the if way, if we ever talk about films, then Wade's going to bring oh up Forrest gosh, Gump. Should we do that? We should. Rabbit hole. Rabbit Avoid hole. it. Yeah, avoid, avoid it. it. But I agree with you a hundred percent on Elvis yeah. because because he wasn't just appealing to one gender. You know what I mean? He had mass appeal on a scale that has rarely, if ever, been equaled. Yeah, but I mean, that, but, in the stratosphere of performers. And I, I totally agree. But we have to take into account that the switch in music, the change in music, right. like he was bringing rock and roll. To people that had been into swing and that club type music from the twenties, yeah, like we're thirty years later in the fifties, and he's yeah. bringing this rock and roll. And you were, man, you were you were a bad person if you listen to that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, but his stage presence yeah. probably influenced more people than we could ever well, know. And you know, if I just kind of sitting here thinking about it, it occurs to me. That probably Elvis is closer to Sinatra than Jagger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he wasn't uh he wasn't running around the stage. Nope. You know what I mean? Jagger never stops moving. And it's the stones. Their stage is about twelve acres. Yeah. And he just never stops moving. He's climbing stuff. I mean, he's eighty five years old and he's and he never stops moving. You know what I mean? He just is all energy and <laughs> all the time. But Elvis wasn't like that. You know what I mean? Do you, do you know, and this is a side note, but do you know the worst music video ever made? <laughs> do you know? It's Dancing it's in the Street. It's Dancing in the Street. Jagger and, we, and Bowie. Jagger and Bowie Dancing in the Street is the worst. And we did not rehearse that. Oh, he guessed that out oh, of my brain. I guess brain. that right off the top of my head. Oh my gosh, the wardrobe, Jagger's movements. He invented the duck face on the on the, on the yeah. pictures that people do right now. Yep, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, and interesting. That we just throw that in there. Um, but yeah, Elvis, obviously. I think Elvis and Freddie Mercury have in common the fact that they were both talented singers and musicians in their own right. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Freddie Mercury didn't need all of that charisma to be successful and be in a great band and be and make great music. But he had that also, which is an amazing thing. You know, uh, Michael Jackson, you know, history being what it is, he's a little taboo to talk about. But Michael Jackson was like that super talented guy but really understood a show and how Absolutely. to put on a show. Have you seen This Is It? Did you watch This yeah. Is It? Just 
was just super OCD over that yeah, stuff. Man. Just an incredible attention to detail. Yeah. And what he could see as a whole. You know what I mean? Like he could see the entire thing and all of the pieces it took to make that entire thing happen. The production. The production, yeah. And he had the talent to back it up. You know. Man, I love the Jackson Five, by the way. The yeah. Jackson Five music, that's Michael and everybody will say early eighties. I love Michael when he's young, dude. Yeah. And no, he's singing, it, just like killing it. Um, I didn't anyway, even, Michael's not even on my list. I was going to ask you if Michael's on your list. He's not even on my list. I don't think he's a great front man. He's a solo artist. He's a solo artist. Yeah. yeah. But so is Elvis. I mean, but, you know. You can't, you can't, uh, give, me, give me another name. Give me another name. I, I'm going to get on a rant. So, so one of the things I thought about with Jagger, Jagger's obviously, and I mean, no offense to anybody that's a huge Stones fan. Jagger's not an eight octave singer. No. He's a run of the mill rock singer, right? Uh, there's no question about that. Yep. And my next name is Bono. You too, man. Bono is a quintessential frontman. Yep. But I mean, he even says it in one song can't sing, but I got soul. He can't sing. He's kind of an okay singer a little bit. But he's Bono. It's a persona. You know, I mean, U2 is the 150,000 seat band. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I they know. have been for going on four decades now. If they made an album today and went on tour, they could sell out every soccer stadium on the globe for multiple nights. And a big part of that is Bono. Because... Let's be honest, the edge, he's got a cool sound, but listen, all of his guitar playing happens at his rig. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. not a great guitar player. No. He really. isn't Jimmy Page, guys. No. He has about a room full of guitar gear and a guy that puts all that together for him, and he goes out and makes an E chord up and down the neck, and they make bank because Bono can carry... 150,000 people on his back for two hours and yep. make them have the best time they've ever had. Yep. Yep, I agree with Bono. Um, I have not ever in my life been a U2 fan. No, I'm not. not at all. Uh, I will so. say that if we did a list of our favorite songs of all time, where The Streets Have No Name would be on that list for that's me somewhere. That's a great song, though. But yeah. that's... That's the beginning and end of my love of U2. I like a lot of U2 stuff, but... <clears throat> You know, as far as being a like, you know, a huge fan of the band, I'm really not, and I'm not even a huge fan of Bono necessarily, but he is absolutely one of the best frontmen of all time. Yeah, I agree. We can't we can't talk about this without talking about Springsteen. Absolutely, um, we're talking in the, on my list. the '60s and the '70s with Springsteen doing three hour concerts. Yeah. I mean, how do, how do you do that? Yeah, that's, that's or, pretty that's Broadway. Unheard of. $500 a seat a night. Broadway oh, Bruce. Gosh. But, but yeah. yeah, he's been selling out stadiums since, what, the late 70s? Yeah. Stadiums. Yeah. Not arenas. Stadiums. Gosh. Um, no, I, and, and I will age myself a little bit. I've heard all the famous songs of Bruce. I haven't yeah. listened to a Bruce Springsteen record through... 
yeah. ever in my well, entire life. So. And Bruce is a great songwriter. He has one of the best bands of all time and has had like his, you know, a lot of his thing is he has this gigantic, super talented band. But listen, Bruce can write. Bruce can play in his own right. And Bruce can get up there every night and get it done. Like he sings well. You know yeah. what I mean? He does what he does. And he's very, very good at it. So you can't you can't necessarily downplay his talent, but his charisma is also a big part of what makes him Bruce Springsteen and not, you know, another guy that's a good songwriter and has a great band. Right. So we, we agree on Bruce Springsteen. For sure. Uh let's let's get to the female um front the fronts of female. Two names came to mind for me. Yeah. As Pat Benatar. Yeah. Um, I think she, I mean, she's also, we could do this on a, on a, our next podcast, but the 2020 Rock Hall of Fame nominees came yeah. out this week and Pat Benatar is there. Yeah. My wife's a huge Pat Benatar fan. I think she could probably I'm keep a it crowd. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but, but, uh, I mean, there are a lot of underground bands, a lot of bands that people know that we don't really are, uh, are not in our vein. Right. Uh, we don't know all there, there is to, to, to know about music. Right. So my goodness, if you know better people or different people that are awesome, because I'll tell you right now, I've seen a lot of bands. We're going to talk about this in a bit. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of bands that are not famous that have some amazing front people. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. amazing. And they're no name. Yeah. But um, oh, one go, of the female names on my list. Say it. I know you're going to say Grace Potter. Grace Potter. If you, yeah. if you have never seen Grace Potter live, you are missing out. If you've never heard a Grace Potter song, go buy a concert ticket and see Grace Potter live. It is amazing. I have never seen another person take a stage with that much vigor and that much command. She is a incredible singer. Her voice is as pure and raw and soulful and complete as any voice you'll ever hear. But her charisma on the stage, she owns a room a lot in the same way that Jagger does, except with talent. She stop, she she's all over the place. Except she's never talent. still uh, she's never still. She can wail. Her voice is ridiculous. She can't play guitar. She does play guitar, but she's not even good at it. <laughs> but her charisma, and when you, we, uh, I saw Grace Potter at Kane's Ballroom in Tulsa. And uh, it was the first time I'd ever been. And the people around me were like, have you ever seen Grace Potter before? And I'm like, no, it's my first time. And they're like, oh, you're going to love it. And you're like, well, that's kind of weird that some random person is just saying that to me while I'm standing here. And it's like, you know, this lady over here, she's seen her nine times on this tour. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow. Well, you know, how good is this this chick? Mm-hmm. You know, pardon pardon my sense. No, but it. we're good. But she gets up on the stage, and I'm telling you, you don't blink for two hours. She owns the room. And you don't want to leave. You never want it to end, ever. I love shows. And like I haven't that, been, I've been to 
at least dozens of concerts, maybe hundreds. And I have rarely been moved like that by a performer. Grace Potter, do yourself a favor. Go see her live. And you've seen Dave Grohl, man. I've seen Dave Grohl twice. And he's... Oh, my gosh. And he plays, you know, three hours of songs that I love. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like him a lot. But listen, Grace Potter, I'm not kidding you. Do yourself a favor and go see her live. Um, The podcast world is probably going to get mad at me. But my next person that I want to talk about is a female. Um, But for some reason, I cannot think of her name. (laughs) It is. This is awkward. Uh, yeah, uh, who's the lead singer of Fleetwood Mac? Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, oh my gosh. <laughs> I kept thinking Mick Fleetwood. Oh, like, so much Mick hate Fleetwood. mail's coming. <laughs> Send it. Send the hate mail. It's Stevie Nicks, man. Um, uh, yep. She's up there. Yeah. She's, she's up there as a uh, front woman, a leader of the band. Um, man, what I would give... A songwriter. A songwriter yeah. and still to this day can sing. Yeah. By the way. Right. Um, if you don't believe me, listen to the recent album put out by Dave Grohl. It's uh, the Studio 606 album yep. with all of the... The one um, that recorded uh, on that Neve board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she, she does a song with Dave Grohl and a bunch of those guys. But um, Stevie Nicks is fantastic, man. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I have never seen... Stevie Nicks live. If you guys have, man, please educate me. I'm I'm younger, man. I, I was sheltered <laughs> a little yeah. bit. I haven't got out to see a bunch of shows, um, but I think that Stevie Nicks is up there in the in the race for one of the best that's ever done it. Um, um, do you have any more before we talk about people we've seen? Because we're at thirty seven minutes. And we need let's, to let's get into people we've seen. People we've seen. Grace I've, Potter was the first person that I've seen. She just happened to tie in with the female reference too. But absolutely, I'm I'm recommending Grace Potter simply based on my own experience. Right, that's awesome. So that that probably your number one, yeah, recommendation. Um, I will say I've seen quite a few bands, and a lot of them are kind of current. Um, this. This year at our local venue, there were a lot of 90s bands. Yeah. Okay. Um, I seen Our Lady Peace this year, which I was a huge fan of and have been for a long time. But man, they were terrible. Yeah. Uh, they, they were absolutely <laughs> terrible. They just stood there mm-hmm. and sang their songs. No show whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I, but I'll tell I, you. I saw a band last year that I was super disappointed in. Who was that? Because of that. Thrice. Oh, man. That, that breaks my heart. Yeah. It was a super boring show. Um, they are pretty boring. Yeah. They didn't even have lights on. Like they were in the dark playing music. And Thrice is an incredible band. Well, I man. love the music. Their music it just is, wasn't much of a show at all. That that's that's kind of disappointing to me. Yeah. I think I remember you well, telling me that. That was the, the same week here's you the problem. Foo Fighters, yeah. right? I saw Foo Fighters on Friday night, which is straight up million dollar arena show. rock million dollar <laughs> show. Like like the last Foo Fighters tour they started with the new stuff. And they worked their way back through their catalog. And as they went backwards, the stage got smaller. 
That's amazing, dude. To where when they're playing the stuff off the original album, like Big Me and all that, mm-hmm. the like the giant screen that was behind the stage and huge is now sitting right on top of the drum riser, and it has fluorescent lights on it, and it's literally about eight inches above the drum kit. So it looks like they're in this tiny room. They're all basically gathered around the drum riser. That's such an awesome idea. It was an awesome idea. Very cool. A great and, show. And then so I went and saw this. Thrice. I went and saw this gigantic arena show in Kansas City. Then I drove across the state of Missouri to uh, St. Louis, and I went to this little theater. Right, it was a cool theater. But went in there and saw this show. It was Thrice and a couple of bands I never heard of. One of them was like this super high energy kind of hardcore band. And that guy was like out in the crowd the whole time. You know, he had an SM58 with the mic cord wrapped around his hand. Yeah. And he's just out there screaming and giving it everything. And people were just gathered around him. Yeah. And it was fun. He had a he had a, a white shirt and a tie on. You know what I mean? Nice. But he was doing this like super hardcore music. And then Thrice came out and all the lights went off. And they just stood up there and played music. Like you couldn't see him almost. And I was literally standing at the stage. And you could barely see him. Ugh. Yeah. That disappoints me. Yeah. And they were because good. I really I mean, like they Thrice, executed man. the music well. But it was just like, I think it was probably the contrast of gigantic arena sure. rock show energy to this club show where the, they turned the lights off and played in the dark. That's a disappointment, man. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I was saying Our Lady Peace was a disappointment. Um, I'll tell you one 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 uh, performer that I've seen that actually impressed me pretty well was Gavin Rosdale Bush. Yeah, uh, I've seen him twice. Yeah, in the last couple of years, and man, Gavin Rosdale does a a fantastic job keeping everybody engaged, performing. You know, everybody in the modern rock scene right now has this point in their set list where they go out into the audience and they. Yeah. They kind of walk the whole entire place and they in, engage the fans. That's kind of what they do. It's kind of the same way with uh, Brent Smith from Shinedown. Yeah. Um, Shinedown is a massive band right now. Yeah. They're super huge. I mean, huge. as far as rock bands go, they're as big as they get. Yeah. Right they're they're huge. Um, and Brent Smith is very good. Cool thing about Brent Smith and Shinedown, you know you've kind of reached a, um, a professional point in your music career. When you watch your language and you, like, you have dress codes and, like, this is your job. Right. And and for me, I kind of miss that. I I love that about the Foo Fighters, that this is the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl's going to say 300 cuss words uh, in a minute on on his stage. Because that's his band and that's what they do. But Shinedown is very, like, it's, they're drawing in kids to their shows. Yeah. They're, they're well, they're a different. popular band. They're, they're a popular. For want of a better term, they're a top forty band now. Yeah, and, and but they're so good. Attention, attention! Their last album is really good. It's a concept album. Yeah, it's a story all the way through yeah. it. And um, um, I, I'm fine with Shine Down. Brent Smith was fantastic. Always, it was very polite, very engaging. Um, kept the audience going. Yeah. So Brent Smith and Gavin Rosdale, what a what a difference there. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you the best show I've ever seen live, the best front man I've ever seen live, and this is just my experience. I saw a band, one of my favorite bands, um, called Emery mm-hmm. one time. <laughs> and Emery was absolutely crazy. 
absolutely awesome. But they're just like when you went to see the Thrice show, yeah. the band that opens up for Thrice, the band that gets to tour full time, yeah, uh, year round, uh, plays probably three hundred shows a year, um, does does their work, uh, sells some records at shows, but never yeah. makes it big. But those guys are so seasoned. Yeah. at playing for a crowd yeah. that they don't ever want to get to the 10,000-seat venue because everybody in a 10,000-seat venue wants to hold their phone up and watch you right. do what you do. And yeah. I think that might be what happened to Thrice because back in the day in 06 when Thrice was coming around, yeah. they were just like that band that opened for them. But as you get bigger, crowds get bigger and crowds stop doing what yeah. bands love crowds to do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. what's the... How how do you, how and that makes it even more impressive that Grohl can take a hundred and fifty thousand people and make them have a good time. Right. You know what I mean. Yep. So anyway, I seen Emery with Red Jumpsuit Apparatus in Tulsa at Canes actually back when I Red love Jumpsuit Canes, man man back when Red Jumpsuit had a huge huge hit with uh, um, anyway. Do you feel like a man when they push you around that yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, super, super good show. Emery's probably the best live show I've ever seen. And I've seen Breaking Benjamin. I've seen, I mean, I've seen, yeah. I've seen Stapleton, but that's a completely different... Stapleton's a whole different thing. That's a different thing. I mean, but, Stapleton's uh, just up there being the greatest country singer who ever lived. Yeah, I agree with that, man. And he doesn't need to do much else. Not a thing. Anyway, uh, hit me. My last one I'm going to bring up, and this is a pretty obscure one, but I've seen this band twice... Maybe three times. Uh, John Foreman of Switchfoot is as good at fronting a rock band as anybody I've ever seen. Really? I'm telling you, if I mean, go see Switchfoot Live. You feel like John Foreman is your friend. I don't want to. I know. I don't want to see him either. I don't listen to Switchfoot music all the time. But when they're around, I go see him because I'm telling you, man, he is really... A genuine guy, for one thing. He isn't uh, jaded at all. He's a very engaging fellow. He uh, he does spend a lot of time in a crowd, um, which he doesn't have to do anymore. But I saw them this year, and he spent a lot of time in the crowd. you seen Switchfoot this year? I saw Switchfoot this year at the Brady Theater in Tulsa. That I didn't even know they were still touring, man. Yeah. No, they did an album. The album's fine. You know, it's a good Switchfoot album, but I just like that guy. He's one of those guys that you just like. And I don't, I mean, I don't, maybe you wouldn't like him, but for me, he connects with an audience. He connects with me. And it almost feels like, it almost feels like it's your buddies playing a show. But there's, you know, a thousand people at it. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? You just like, you're happy for him. It feels like they're all having a good time. Like they appreciate the fact that people paid money and came out on a Thursday night to see them play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just like that guy. I got to see it. I just I like that guy. And I was a huge foot, uh, Switchfoot fan. You know, Meant to Live, Dare You to Move. Yeah. Man, I loved their song Stars. I love songs. Uh, that's I love a hooky, hooky I like that song, whole record, man. but I um, uh, Beautiful Letdown. Beautiful uh, Letdown was a great record. And uh, Nothing Is Sound was the one that, yeah. that followed it. I loved both of those records a lot. 
Once they got away from Charlie Peacock and kind of got into that arena rock sound. What happened to them? That's interesting uh, um, to talk about bands that were big but not quite so much anymore, man. I have a couple honorable mentions. Get it. Uh, David Lee Roth. I was going to say that. Absolutely can't sing. One of the best rock, one of the best rock front men ever. I don't, I don't know that you can make a legit argument about that, especially the Van Halen David Lee Roth. I saw David Lee Roth solo, and that was probably one of the worst shows I've ever seen because he literally came out and sang the first four bars of Just a Gigolo and walked off the stage and disappeared until he came out riding a giant blow up microphone. <laughs> But David Lee Roth, when he was David Lee Roth, was as fine a rock frontman as ever was, and a marginally talented guy at best. Yeah. Um, honorable mention for me is um, Axl Rose in his prime. Axl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Axl still gets with it, man. I mean, he's a he's a ginger. He's an angry ginger. But, <laughs> but I've watched. Uh, I didn't see the last Guns tour, but I watched a lot of videos of it, mm-hmm. and he's legit still doing it, man. Still doing for his a thing. guy that's probably in his fifties at this point, right? And not as skinny as he was right. in the early nineties. Welcome to life. Um, but he is still going for it. That's still a good band and a band um, worth seeing. And I bet you, John Bon Jovi in his prime as well. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I mean, absolutely as as charismatic. A front man as there's been in rock, yeah. you know, uh, and his voice is gone and it hurts my heart because yeah, his voice was not gone. It here's, was so good. Here's your sign, people. If you're a rock and roll vocalist and you lose completely, lose your voice, you can still sing country. Still music. sing country. <laughs> uh, my other honorable mentions: Bruno Mars. That I really want to put on this list. That is uh, a charismatic dude, man. That's cool, man. That's and cool. I, that's cool I just song. love his music. I love his attitude. That last record was. Kind of stinky. Yeah, yeah. 24 Karat Magic. But when I saw Bruno Mars do Gorilla live on the VMAs, that was life-altering stuff. But I'm telling you, that's just the song, man. I know that Bruno's good. Yeah. That guy's talented, and I would go see him. He's on my top one to see. Yeah. But Gorilla, that song in itself. That's nasty stuff, man. Nasty. <laughs> Love that performance, though. And the first th- that was probably... I think I might have heard Gorilla before I saw him legit perform it live on the VMAs. He was singing it, and it blew my mind. Honestly, your sister and I were sitting there watching it on TV, and we both had our mouths open, just blown away by yeah. it. Yeah. Just blown away by yeah. it. Yeah. There's a lot of performers nowadays, I mean, that are solo ass. Timberlake, I yeah. mean, gosh, he, he can control an audience. Um, we have to wrap this up, or we people do. are. I have a couple like, names I thought you were going to bring up that I'm kind of disappointed you didn't. Uh, well, go ahead. Garth Brooks. Oh, Garth. Yeah, obviously, but that's not like. Obviously, one of the great performers, frontmen, ever. Yes. And uh, your sister and I had a little side wager as to whether or not you would bring up Peg McCamey. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I would never, but I'm telling you, come on, Peg, sing come it, on, Peg. Peg. Oh my gosh! Just, hey, just YouTube Peg McCamey. 
And if you can, if you can endure an entire song, okay, it's Southern Gospel. So what they're going to do is they're going to sing the song and stop it, right? Like it's over. And then somebody's going to say, sing it again, Peg. And then she's going to start again. And it's going to get a lot more Pentecostal the second time. But that lady is fun to watch. I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. Oh, oh my God, Peg! Yeah, that good didn't times. even cross my mind. <laughs> that made me laugh really hard. Yeah, hit up the oh, McCamies on YouTube. The McCamies, and, and just enjoy seven to twelve minutes of your life for a second. Wow, it's a fun time. Thank you guys so much for that. I needed that. <laughs> uh, uh, my new music for the week. New music before we get out of here. Uh, I'm gonna throw something at you guys. Um, it's absolutely awesome. Some nice crunchy. Good, heavy rock music, um, melodic, good guitar solos. Um, they are absolutely unknown, and yeah. I found them, and they're really, really good. They have like 700 followers on Facebook. That just lets you know they're very local at this time. They're from uh, Southern California. There's a band called Eat the Wolf. If you're a rock and roll fan, um, no screaming, but just nice, heavy uh, kind of remind me of King's X a little bit. A little bit. Um, crunchy, groovy. Kinda, yeah, um, super good. Eat the Wolf, Lightning from a Gun is the name of the record. It came out in June of this year. This is their first release, man. Um, and those guys, they're a little bit older, so they're not they're not trying to be like popular. They're playing the music they like, and so I kind of feel that in their music. But uh, Eat the Wolf is the name of the band, Lightning from a Gun. Listen to the song Orphans and Dolphins first. It'll kind of punch you right in the jaw. Yeah, it's good so, stuff. So uh, good stuff. Um, that's my new music for the week. Mine is somebody that actually Wade turned me on to, uh, Alan Stone. Oh, baby. Came around, like his first record came out in like 09. Yeah. Uh, but he has, a, he has a new record coming out called Building Balance. It isn't quite released yet, but you can preview a couple of tunes on Apple Music. Uh, so Alan Stone, he's a kind of soulful... Maybe put you a little bit in the Prince vein, uh, but real soulful, almost gospel influence there. A little sprinkling of funk in there, but just a great, great singer. A cool thing about and cool songs. Yeah, absolutely. Cool thing about Alan Stone, he was actually featured on American Idol last season as a guest performer. That some of the contestants, uh, one of the contestants, sang with him from one of his songs from 2011. But uh, uh, I just found that out not just recently when I discovered him. Uh, Alan Stone, the good pick, brother. Yeah. Good pick. Uh, what a rant this week. Wow. Interesting, interesting rant. Um, man, thank you guys for listening. I know it's been a long podcast. It's our second longest <laughs> ever. And the first one we didn't publish. So uh, we'll try. Mysterious we'll... missing first episode. <laughs> We're getting in Joe Rogan territory now. This podcast are like three hours long. Oh my so. gosh. We're not that famous or no. that popular. But We're not going to have Jordan Peterson on anytime soon. So. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the Music Box. Share it. Tell your friends about it. Uh, Jimmy and I have a ball. We have an absolute blast doing this. Thank you so much. Follow us on Twitter at the Music Box Pod. And uh, we'll see you next week. Who knows what we'll talk about. It'll be fun. Box.